Welcome to the Art of Dynamic Competence. I'm Susan Clark. Join me for a podcast where we explore how to best align ourselves with whatever situation we find ourselves in, allowing us to create success in changing times. Well, Tom, welcome back to the podcast. Great to be back, Susan. Looking forward to this upcoming season and some of the work that we will be getting into. I did want to tell you, though, I really thought your attachment podcast really captured the essence of finding that ability to release the attachments we have and the ability to let those maps go is a skill that's greatly needed in trying to execute in dynamic competence. Thank you. I think that was a fun podcast to pull together, of course, right after the trip. It felt like it was good closure for that. And now we can start getting back and focusing on our second season. As we're looking towards that, I think the first 15 episodes are really a discussion of the tools that we use with dynamic competence. And many more exist. This was just a little tasting of what's out there that we could use so we could start referring to it as we're moving forward and starting a place for conversation. But as we're getting into this second season, we're starting to have podcasts that are really focusing on much more challenging issues. Tom, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, Susan. So really, the reason you get into dynamic competence is to tackle the truly hard problems that before you and and in your own mind, you can think of what those would be. They'd be social, they'll be political, they'll be climate based, uh, they'll be internal relationships within your own families. Those are the type of of issues that we want to look at and provide you the skills to be able to navigate through those. And I think in until you stop and think and work through those harder situations, do you really start to understand the nuances and the essences of the components within dynamic competence? So what we're planning on doing now in this second season is really looking at building this middle. It's how do we address these huge issues that are in front of us and find a way that we can begin to look at a common solution, really get to something that works. And what we want to do today is kind of go through how we see the situation that we find ourselves in right now and walk through that in preparation for some of the new podcasts that are coming on in this second season. Yeah, Susan, we talked about this in some of our prior podcasts, but what we're going to do is really put you into the eye of the storm. And your ability to be strong and settled within this swirling winds within the storm itself and be calm and be able to see it, understanding the best way to have that connection with it, to then be able to be in a position to develop great solutions. I think that that's a kind of a great metaphor, as I've always heard, is is standing in the eye of the storm. Great. So before we jump into this building, this middle Can we review episodes 14 and 15 real quickly, just to give folks some of that grounding as we jump into this next session? Absolutely. If we can remember back, there are two main components that we have to do. One is a preparation phase, and then the other component is the execution phase. And in the preparation phase, it has two parts. First, we want to look at the self. We want to make sure that we are able to be stable and strong. And we use a couple of tools. One is a mindfulness component in which we then understand that how we can pay attention, how we can be present and see what's going on. Then we also want to bring what we call a metacognition or a thinking premise of where am I thinking from? Where am I seeing this from? Is it instinctual? Is it intentional? 
is an integral. Where am I coming from? So once we have that as our own self and we have that stability, we then can look at the environment and say, are we prepared in the environment? Are the folks who are on the team in a good place? Do I understand the environment and the dynamics of what's happening? Can I see that for what it is, not reacting to it, but seeing it for what it is? And can I bring it together? At that point in time, if I can say yes to both of those and we're in a good spot, now we're prepared to actually go into the execution phase. And the execution phase is very pragmatic. It's very process driven. It's about IDing the problem and going through the steps to find the problem. And then once you've discovered the true root causes, once you figure out where it's coming from, then you can start building the robust solutions for it. And don't forget too, that as you build these solutions, it's not about finding the solutions. It's about being able to execute the solutions to get to the desired outcome. So that kind of summarizes both podcasts 14 and 15. If you have more questions or need more details, we ask you to go back and and listen to those again to kind of get you ramped up. So as we move forward, you can bring those tools with you. Great. And I appreciate that, Tom, because I think having that as a foundation, we can now dive deeper and really begin to take on these larger kind of social, cultural, business, uh, all sorts of issues that we're facing right now in our culture. And one of the things I'd like to talk a bit is we all know and we've all felt and lived this pendulum swinging from the left into the right within our culture. And that pendulum swinging, we want to posit and really ground that we see that as that kind of level one instinctive reactive perspectives that are based on our own maps. Tom, do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, Susan, if you think about it, If you are actually in an intentional phase of thinking, if you're intentional, intentional means that you are considering everybody else's maps. You are, you are looking at them and you are rationally saying, what are your maps about? Why do they have those maps? How do they compare to my maps? And you're working collaboratively to figure out how those maps can be meshed and meld together to then work towards a solution. But when you feel yourself not doing that collaborative push, when you feel it is about one side or the other, it's about good and bad, it's about yes and no. When you have that duality, it should immediately tell you that you're probably in a pendulum swing. You're being drawn to one side or the other with very instinctual and at times reactive thinking. Right. And I think a key piece to that, Tom, is that what we really feel intensely is things need to fit into our maps, that we want people to be in agreement with what we're doing. Absolutely. And you have to then ask yourself, well, what's driving the pendulum swing? What is pulling you over? The question becomes, when you have these polarizing subjects about them, what is driving that? And from our perspective, it's about political or it's about money or it's about culture, but ultimately it is truly about control of outcomes. Typically when you see this, it's because an individual has a map and that map says for me to be successful, I must be in control. That's when you probably are feeling the swing of that pendulum. Right. And what's so interesting about that, Tom, is as one force takes that pendulum way over to one side, right, is pushing for control, what you find very quickly arises within the culture is a second force that's coming up just as strong to pull it back in the other direction. So that we have this 
thing that arises in human culture where as one extreme is pulled, it makes the other one stronger. Correct. Because what happens is in a reactive mindset, there are winners and losers. There are my side and that other side. And if you're not on the side that you think you should be, or you feel you're on the outside, the only option you have left is to react to that. And your reaction is usually a polar opposite of whatever the other side is doing. And it's just very interesting to watch. Either you're joining or you're repelling. One or the other happens in the reactive world. What I think also is important to talk about as we talk about this pendulum, as we're forcing this pendulum and trying to move it over in our direction, right? We want control. We want the power. We want the money. Whatever it is, we're pushing it over the side. There's really three things that we can do. We can get as many people as we want to follow us. We can get people to fear us and fall in line, or we eliminate them. And so in its strongest component, reactive level one instinctual behavior is really focusing on one of those three things to expand their control and their power. I would agree. In the reactionary mode, you have to have mechanisms to have the control. And the control is you should follow me. You should fear me. And if neither one of those work, I'm going to try to eliminate you. And that's how we create control within the reactive mind thinking. Great. And what's interesting, we take from that, and now we go into this more political space of we live in a democracy. And one of the things that you and I have talked about a couple of times, and I think it's really fascinating, and it has to do with fracturing this middle. Do you want to talk about that, Tom? Right, Susan. So if you're an individual that's living their life, that has not been inundated with any information stuff, and you're just focused on what you're doing, right? In a sense, you're in the middle. You're just, you're there, but you're just going about your daily life. And then what happens is, is all this information starts to come at you. It starts to get piled on. You start seeing things on the TV. Your neighbors are talking about it. Your friends, your family are talking about it. You start to get inundated with this information. And just like we said before, there's this feeling then in the reactive mode of, well, do I join up or do I stay away or are they going to come after me? I mean, you don't know. So what happens in your own mind is you start trying to take sides. You have to figure out, well, where's the best place for me to be right now? Because this is all making me very uncomfortable. It's worrying me a lot. And I don't want to be the outcast. I don't want to be the outsider. So I need to figure out which way I'm going to go. That's when the fracturing occurs. And I think Lucas Mulliman had such a great perspective on that from his podcast on the impact of social information. What it is, is that you begin to be impacted by social information. Yes, Susan, it's kind of two situations in which if you are sharing maps that others have and they're close enough, they could have some separation, but they're close enough for you to feel somewhat connected to it, you'll actually be drawn to them. But if the separation is too great, then you will be repelled. Again, it's about how you react to the social media, to the information and the influx. And then it's that yes, no decision making you make to then figure out where you land. Right. And I think Lucas did a beautiful job because it gets to the essence of how this instinctual, reactive, level one perspective works. Well, Tom, how do you rise above it? How do we rise above 
this instinctual reactive perspectives that are drawing us back and forth and really forcing us out of the middle and drawing us into one of these extremes. So this is a good example, Susan, of going back to the tools, right? So what's the preparation? I need to be mindful. I need to be aware. Wow, there is a lot of rhetoric going on. I'm very in the moment. I'm watching this for what it is. I'm not reacting to it. And I'm seeing so much information flying around and so much accusations and finger pointing and everything that are happening. So that tells me I need to be alert. I need to be awake for this. Right. But then you can look to the environment and it seems that they're being very reactive. It's a very uh, yes, no, good, bad type of a scenario. So I'm thinking that they're in a reactionary phase. Pulling all that together now allows me to engage. Now I get to go into the execution component, okay? So identify what is the issue. The issue is, is that we have two polarizing subjects and they are going at it and they're coming from a very reactive mode. If I can see that and pull myself to this intentional mindset where I can see things and start doing comparison with maps, I'm talking more of a collaborative relationship with what's happening. I am now saying, okay, I'm not dismissing or agreeing with any of the maps. I'm just pulling these folks together to see what they have to say. And I'm trying to form collaborative maps that kind of balance and work with the information that's before me. That's the way in which we rise above it. That's the way in which we see it. What's interesting about it is that you have this pendulum swing, you have folks on one side and folks on the other side, and guess where you are? You're dead smack in the middle. And doesn't that feel as if it's safe, Tom? What I get in the language as you're speaking now is you're creating this place of safety for yourself as you begin to embark on this. It is safety within yourself. It's comfort within yourself, being comfortable in your own skin, in your own position. Because when you start seeing things from an intentional and an integral phase, the emotion of having to be attached to something really gets released, goes right back to your podcast. Can I release those attachments? Can I say, I don't have to be with a group. I don't have to be with what everybody says. I can actually sit here, see the information for myself and come up with other options to where I need to be. Right. And I think that's an important point because safety isn't always about in the environment around us. And as we who facilitate this, and for those who are trying to facilitate it in their own lives, it is finding that safe spot, that centered spot within the eye of the storm. So this isn't a component to it. It's that safety internally as we're facing it. Exactly right. So Tom, I think this fits in really interestingly with your concept uh, and what you've been discussing on the difference between content and process. Do you want to talk about that right now? Yeah. So Susan, the concept here is that when somebody's communicating to you, it's a lot of content coming at you. And we have a tendency to grab onto content, to latch onto content, to say, yeah, that made my point. Oh, yes, this did that. Oh, that took care of this. That connection is actually an emotional connection to reinforce your own maps, to say, look, my maps are right. Our job in dynamic competence is to not have the content drive us emotionally. The content is the content. That's the facts that were said by that individual for where they come from and what they believe. I see it for what it is and I don't bring the emotion to it. What I now need to do is understand the process behind what is happening. Why are they saying what they're saying? What maps are they bringing? 
How are they looking at it? How are they balancing their own maps? How do those maps compare to my maps and maps of others? Right. And then we can pragmatically look at this and then say without emotion, oh, this is what's really happening and this is what's going on. And from that space, we can then look to find answers. That's really well said, Tom. And what's interesting is that you and I have used this methodology for years and we've worked in this space for a long time. We've developed these series of tools that take us from content to process. We also have to be really aware of the larger playing field. And I know my work has been really in these large scale projects where you have two ends of the pendulum opposing each other. And in those projects, it's really about neutralizing power before you can have the work. An example I have is Department of Water and Power, who was extracting water on their own terms from the Owens Valley. And it was this small little group called Mono Lake Committee that took them to court and won. And at that point, DWP could no longer do what it wanted at any time. The minute that happened, suddenly it opened up a space in which we could peel off some of the folks at DWP and some of the folks at Mono Lake Committee and begin to build a middle and start looking at some new solutions that benefited both DWP and the local community. Now, I know you've done different kinds of work than I have. What have you found in the work that you've done regarding how these forces play with each other? So, Susan, in the environments that I work in, typically it's not heavy polarization. It's typically a group of folks that have been in the business for many years who have been highly successful with their ways of doing it. But what's happening is there's another group that's recognizing that those ways, while good, are still leaving money on the table, is still leaving uh, good processes and better work environments and structure for folks to thrive and do well in. They're trying to draw the group along. What we find ourselves in is kind of in that middle state in which we're trying to raise the consciousness and the awareness of the individual who use these tools to help take those folks and help them come and see you have your maps and you've been successful with them, but would you consider other maps potentially to have better impacts and maybe outcomes you never really thought about before are positives and help draw them to that middle position and let them see it. And then they make the decision on themselves in a collaborative effort. Great. So I think it shows a little bit of the range of possibilities that we can work from as we're talking about building the middle. What I'd like to do now is talk just a little bit about, well, how does it happen? What does it look like? And I want to go back to these three perspectives that we keep talking about. And again, we're using the word levels. We talk about level one, reactive and instinctual perspectives. Level two, we talk about this intentional collaborative that Tom was just talking about. And then, of course, in level three, which we aren't talking about much today, but it's that integral perspective. And we will have some podcasts on that. But what we're trying to do now is look at how we build the middle by looking at raising this consciousness from that instinctive reactive level one and letting people build a perspective that allows them to be more intentional and to be more collaborative. Yeah. And I'd like to jump in here, Susan. So Mary May use the concept of the three levels. But I think part of our work together, and as we've seen over time, levels can be a little bit misleading because it's not meaning one's better than the other and one's over the other one. Each one has their place. There is time to be in a reactive thinking. 
there's time to be intentional and there's time to be integral. And so we like to use the term perspective and what perspective are you in and what are you using it for and what perspective should you migrate depending on the changing environment? Perfect, Tom, because I think we're struggling with how to use both of those incorporating them. And I agree with you completely. We're really looking at the fluidity of this, not the rigidity. So here's the difference. The fluidity comes from intentional collaborative perspectives. The rigidity is an example of the more instinctual reactive components. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. I think that's a good way of saying it, Susan. Great. And part of the reason I wanted to have this podcast is I really wanted to talk about some of the elements of building this middle and the importance of it. Because I know if we can highlight this, we're going to be able to have conversations that are traditionally very, very difficult to have. And we're going to be able to interview people on the podcast who are talking about things that can make part of our population very uncomfortable. And if we approach these from a level one perspective, this instinctual reactive perspective, then we're going to end up just fighting each other and pulling on this pendulum all the time. And for many of us, I think we're tired of it. And what we're trying to do is have a conversation and bring on speakers in our podcast that allow us to hear a new perspective and at the same time, look at how that perspective teaches us about how change can happen and how we can be a part of that change in a productive fashion. So Tom, as we're setting up for this next season, what are some of the things that you see that we can raise this consciousness? How does it help us in this dynamic competence component, especially as we're thinking about podcasts that are coming? Do you have any thoughts about that? So Susan, I think the concept of this pendulum swinging and you're the one standing there and this, this pendulum swinging back and forth. And if you feel yourself drawn to the swinging, you now know you're getting pulled in to the reactive thinking. So our whole thought process is how do I keep from getting attached to that swinging and that movement back and forth? How do I help bring the tools to help slow the pendulum or even stop the pendulum from occurring? And then how do I then create sustainable change in that position so the pendulum doesn't start swinging again? And we put in processes and we put in communications and we put in concepts and ideas that allow us to say, if we start to see the pendulum swing again, let's all be able to recognize it immediately and, and then stop the swing. I, that's really well said, Tom. One point I do want to make sure we reiterate, Susan, is that this is not easy. Being able to keep yourself in a mindful position, understanding what perspectives you're thinking from, and not be connected and drawn in by the emotion of the content is very hard to do. And we all, all of us, struggle at times to do that, which is where the work comes in. I think that's really well said, Tom. And that's why we've done this podcast, because not only are we providing tools to whoever's interested in listening to us, we're also reinforcing these tools in ourselves. These are hard times right now. I know that I find it, and I assume you do as well, that these are really valuable for our own selves as we go through this process. So what we're really sharing with you is how we're going deeper into this work ourselves and hoping to share that with everybody else as we move through this series of podcasts. Yeah, I agree. It's a, a runner never wins every race. They win some races and they're happy about that. But all the ones that they don't win are the learning experiences on how to get better. And that's kind of where we are right now for all of us. 
we don't speak from this just from our own push and saying, hey, y'all should be there. No, we all struggle with this and we all work to improve in this area. That's an interesting way of looking at it. And I think the idea of using this middle ground, a lot of folks are looking at how do we help raise awareness of what's going on in a way that it isn't about instinctive level one uh, reactive perspectives, which are controlling or forcing or whatever it is to move something in one direction, but it's looking at raising the awareness within the general population. And the power of that is that you get to move in this more intentional collaborative space, which allows new synthesis of ideas to move things forward. It's a kind of a great stopping point for us to be able to say, here now are all the tools, here, everything that you've learned. Now let's start actually seeing them in real life applications and going through these next podcasts will really illuminate how you're supposed to use these tools and how you build that collaboration in that middle from both the intentional and hopefully even the integral perspectives. Well, thanks so much, Tom. I really appreciate you doing this little discussion of building the middle. And I am pleased. And I think it's going to be very helpful as we start to the next podcast. And as we begin them, what I've asked is for Tom to come in and help lay out in the very beginning what to be listening for We'll do the podcast and then we'll come back and do a little bit of a summary the way we have been doing it to talk about um, those elements around dynamic competence and where we saw success building. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the, uh, to the next season here, Susan. Thanks so much, Tom. Thanks, appreciate it. We wanna share a heartfelt thanks for all who have joined us for this episode of The Art of Dynamic Competence. We're incredibly grateful that you shared some of your day with us. We know your time is precious, and we hope that we've been able to share some interesting perspectives and helped you gain some insight in how you've used dynamic competence before in your own life and how to find it in new things you're taking on. We've now launched our social media at The Art of Dynamic Competence, so please follow us on your favorite platform. In the meantime, and if you're intrigued with what you've heard, please subscribe to this podcast and please tell colleagues, friends, and family about us. This is Susan Clark for The Art of Dynamic Competence. Thank you so much for listening.